it is not just another edition, it is a very special edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin, as we're back from the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in Las Vegas and making our return to the coffee house. Joining me, as always, is a man who develops, he leads, and he's all business, our business development lead, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Craig, as always, what an outstanding introduction. And Backstreet is indeed back in the form of Craig and Kevin. And I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank goodness, though, that we gave it a little over a week before recording this edition because my answer about how I was feeling might have been a little different last week, Craig. Oh, tell me about it. You know, all that networking and walking around talking to everyone and maybe the occasional dancing at some of these partner receptions. It got the better of me, man. A lot of Diet Cokes put it that way. Um, You know, how's everything going with you, my friend? First of all, if any of our audience saw you out on the dance floor at that Intellisys party, they know that you, as they said about 60 years ago, can really cut a rug. (laughs) That's very kind of you to say, good sir. I did. uh, My knees and my ankles felt it the next day. I haven't tried to dance like that since I was probably in college, which is probably why all my moves are are 90s. That's for sure. (laughs) You were grooving. You were grooving, that's for sure. Well, I tell you, I am feeling fantastic myself. You and I got a chance to spend a lot of time together, probably more than we should have, on stage doing the uh, Coffee with Craig and Kevin podcast live at Channel Partners Studio in the Expo Hall. We were at some of those networking events that you mentioned, and I got to tell you, I've been doing these events at Channel Partners for a while now, and I have to say... The buzz and the energy around this year's show was unlike anything I have seen in previous years, my friend. Oh, yeah. Why don't you play the role of the Nielsen Company, the Elias Sports Bureau, and fire us off some stats that might help explain that? <laughs> Will do, Craig. I- I've never really thought of someone that actually gave good analytics, but I'm going to go ahead and dive into this for us here. First off, we had our largest total audience ever, and that's both in terms of exhibitors and sponsor attendees, as well as the partner attendees. So when you're hitting both of those, that leads to an almost 10% increase in overall participants at the show, which is already the largest show on the channel over last year. Um, in terms of exhibitors and sponsors, we had over 250 plus That's a new record. Uh, 65-plus of those exhibitors were new, which, of course, leads to growth and things like that and offers a lot of new technologies. Um, Two of those new exhibitors we're going to be talking to later. The education rooms were definitely packed. I I think we had more than 500 in some of the keynotes. Just so much energy going around. And these parties, Craig, they brought a lot of the energy, too. I mean, we had two former world champion sumo wrestlers, Craig, at the WTG party. Going at it, um, their CEO, Vince Bradley, jumped in, among a few other partners that went into the ring with a few of the sumo wrestlers. That was unbelievable. That was huge. That literally was huge, Craig. Um, I think I did a tweet about that, so great minds think alike, buddy. The Metel party was great, where we got to hang out with a lot of the veterans from Train Our Troops as well. Intellisys, as you mentioned, the dance floor was rocking to the point where I think even you got up a little bit and did a shoulder shrug. I definitely, as you alluded to, was moving around. The Avant party at Tau Beach, um, they took over the whole club, and it was just packed and and a lot of fun being outside. It was like the only time I got outside during the whole time uh, we were in Vegas for a week. So, Craig, I've gone on long enough. Um, You were in the session rooms covering the education and conducting interviews on the show floor. What did you see in here that was either new or different or, or just brought a lot of energy to the show? 
One thing I really appreciated hearing was from a lot of our vendors who said that they had a lot more MSPs come up to their booths and talk to them at the expo hall. And uh, that's something we've really been uh, striving for here, especially over the last few months. So that was certainly a good thing to hear. As far as the education goes, the rooms were mostly packed. Uh, it shows the effort that Lorna Gary, our editor-in-chief, and our education team put into really providing some excellent speakers and some excellent topics for folks to go and learn about. No doubt about it. And, you know, I would say the social buzz after the show was just awesome to watch. I mean, my LinkedIn feed, I've never had so much fun looking at LinkedIn or Twitter. I mean, just doing hashtag CP Expo and, and just seeing um, the, the positive messages that we're getting from all who participated, the partners, the sponsors, the exhibitors. I mean, we've heard things like best event that we've ever done, best show in the channel, met a whole bunch of new attendees, which I don't think I alluded to. 40% of our partner attendees were first-time attendees to Channel Partners, and I think that speaks to the MSPs that you mentioned people were seeing. So um, just awesome to see all that. And, you know, it makes my job a lot easier moving forward selfishly. Well, and you know, Kevin, transformation is one of the major themes uh, throughout the conference. And partners and the channel as a whole are really starting to grasp the importance of evolving their business models to keep up with some of these new technologies and changing their client needs. Serendipitous and funny that you bring up transformation and evolving for two reasons, Craig. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. <laughs> that is an awesome sound effect, Craig. Brings me back to my youth, one of my favorite characters of all time in Optimus Prime there. But uh, that's not the transformation we're talking about here, although we could have a separate podcast on that if you like. One, when it comes to transformation, is because both guests, as I alluded to, were new exhibitors at the show, and they can speak to transformation from two very different sides of the channel. More on that later. And two, just because the show in Vegas is over, we're not by any means done, Craig. As the channel knows by now, we are... Oh, yeah, Craig. It's time for Channel Partners Evolution Shameless Plug number one. Here we go. That's right, Kevin. As we're excited to continue the transformation conversation by bringing you Channel Partners Evolution this fall in Philadelphia, October 9th through the 12th. Craig, it's going to be spectacular. And you know what else is going to be spectacular? What is that, Kevin? Digi, our digital services robot, once again appearing in this podcast? No. Finally having someone bring some actual value and listening power to the podcast by welcoming in our first guest. He is David Beagle. He's the Senior Director of Channel Services at Office Depot. David, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and I appreciate the opportunity, and it's uh, it's good to uh, chat with you guys over a cup of coffee. Actually, I'm drinking water, but I, I get the concept. So thank you, uh, Kevin, and thank you, Craig. <laughs> well, well, thank you for joining us in the coffee or water house, David. Really appreciate it. So, you know, Office Depot had a huge presence at the event. Thank you so much for that. For our audience that may have missed the show, I'm going to have to ask you the same question that you probably heard 1,000 times on site, David, and that's, what the heck was Office Depot doing at Channel Partners? Yeah, it's kind of a eye-raising moment for a lot of people. And I appreciate you saying just a thousand people because I felt like it was a lot more than that. You know, it's not something you would expect. And I and it was fun watching people walk onto the expo floor and look up and see this big giant red circular drop down from the ceiling and said Office Depot. And um, I think it's an out. It's something that kind of says to the 
community and the industry that we're here to play in the services arena. And to kind of give you an idea of, of what led us to get here, you kind of have to understand the story. Most of us out there in the market know who Office Depot is. Been known as a brick and mortar office supply retail chain, right? And we see what happens in, in retail, pay attention, you see what's happening with Toys R Us and some of the other brick and mortar companies. We've had to transform our business to stay relevant to the customer. You know, when the Staples Office Depot merger fell through, thanks to the Justice Department stepping in, it really it was just two choices, right? And it gets back to what we've all been talking about for years. You evolve, change and adapt or you die. And so at that point, we have to make a decision are we just going to close stores and try to play a defensive game and try to stay alive? Or are we going to go on the offense, you know, like a good, you know, sports analogy, if you will. And going on the offense is just bringing an executive team that is going to change the concept or at least the direction so it can be disruptive and, and really focus in on services. And so we brought in a new CEO named Jerry Smith, who has a long tenure and history with Lenovo. He was the chief operating officer over there, long history with Dell as well. And the thing he brings is an understanding of technology and channel and how it helps scale businesses, but more importantly, how that channel and how those relationships provide a stickier relationship, a stickier engagement. We can't be a product company. We have to be a product and services company. Us coming into the channel with services isn't just, hey, you know, come get your copy and print. Or, or paper clips as a service or anything like that. It's about delivering technology. It's about delivering some of the business services. And there's a couple of ways we've gone to market that way. One, we went out and acquired CompuCom uh, for a billion dollars. And if you guys are familiar with them, they're an enterprise national managed service provider, been very focused on the Inc. 50, Inc. 100 type companies. They have a real deep level of technology experience when it comes to servicing that enterprise. But if we can take their best in breed solutions and products, and if we can take their know-how and bundle it and package it for the SMB admin market and then bring it to the depot, that's a, you know, frankly, a, a hell of a proposition, right? So that was one way we did it. We've got 6,000 W-2 technicians that come with that acquisition um, and, of course, that know-how certifications as well. Uh, the other thing we've done is we just started building out our business services, you know, things like back office, you know, that a lot of the SMB need, payroll, HR bookkeeping, you know, web design, right? You know, SEO, a lot of things like that. And, and again, these are all recurring revenue. It's a natural fit for this, for this community and for us to be at Channel Partners. As we try to help these agents understand how they can get deeper and wider in their relationships and to provide more value. So pretty excited to be there. But at the end of the day, we're not there just to sell office supplies. We're there to deliver our managed IT services and a lot of the other things to, uh, you know, be a, a portfolio entry. David, you and I had a chance to sit down in the Channel Partners studios at Channel Partners Conference and Expo and talk about some of these issues, and we'll be seeing that a video that we recorded online here sometime in the next week or two. But I wanted to ask you, now that you've had a couple of weeks to reflect on everything that happened at the show, what can you tell us about how your channel program launch was received while you were on site there and how things are progressing with your partners post-show? Frankly, overwhelming. I ran out of business cards within the first two hours. I, I, I completely underestimated how much interest there would be. I think we knew there would be. It was kind of the head scratcher, you know, so we got a lot of traffic that way. But what, what we are seeing post-show is a lot of inquiries about how do we engage and, and where does this fit within my own bucket, right? What, what arrow does this uh, hit? 
And so we've had a lot of post conversations with a lot of the uh, a lot of the sub agents of the masters that uh, that had introductions. We've had a lot of the masters been reaching out, you know, say, hey, we want to be part of it. Right. We uh, we came out the gate with a uh, uh, assigned relationship with Solaris and with Microcorp. And they're two very well respected masters. Um, But there's others also showing interest. The other thing that we're walking out with is we've got to go quickly, but we want to do this in a very methodical way, in a very controlled way. But we want to get as national as fast as we can in a way that we can service all of those business opportunities. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, Craig, it's been going well. We like to hear that, David. And, you know, I like what you said about being quick, but not too quick. There's a saying that uh, one of my former bosses always used to say is be quick, but don't rush. And, and you know, it sounds like Office Depot is, is definitely doing that. One thing I think that we all noticed, uh, both the Channel Partners team and our audience from Office Depot at the event, is your commitment and passion for this new, and as Janet Shine said during her keynote, highly indirect business model. Why are you all so convinced already that this is going to work for you. I think it starts with the DNA of the leadership team driving it. You know, if you look, if you look historically, there have been brick and mortar companies who have tried to bring in like a managed services and and have tried to really kind of drive that recurring revenue. And they've had mixed level of success. Um, I remember a few years back, even actually being in, in Vegas for the show. And I remember uh, Best Buy had bought Mindshift at the time, and I think they had a booth at one point, right? And I think there was only there one year. We've seen staples by uh, Thrive in New England to do managed services. And we've seen other companies try to do it. The thing that makes us different is I think that we're doing this from the top down with a true understanding of the channel in that indirect model. We're not trying to just make it askew within a retail environment. We're not trying to put anything on the shelf, right? Um, we understand it's a consultative approach. We understand we have to work with the agents. We have a great advantage, uh, not only with the retail stores, but with those 6,000 technicians, right? This isn't something we're just trying to learn how to do. It's something that we just need to incorporate and that we need to blend and then go to market with. And so I think we have a really good opportunity to be successful where others have not been. When I talk about the DNA of the team, you know, I, I mentioned Jerry and his background, and you guys just mentioned Janet. She came over from Verizon, very deep history with the channel, very well respected. You know, our keynote was uh, unbelievable. But it also goes beyond that. It's not just at, the, at, the, at those two top levels. It's Heather Tenuto, who came over from Shortel and was a channel chief there. It's um, Michelle Raguso McBain, who's been in channel and has worked over at Cisco for years. It's Carrie Jacobson, who's running a lot of our product on the IT services side, also coming from Verizon. Myself, having had a rich history in the channel for the last, uh, well, 14 years in UCAS, but bringing my experience with this community as well. Hiring seasoned channel managers um, who understand, again, this space and this community. So I think we have a leg up where the others have failed. Well, it's very exciting what Office Depot is doing in the channel. It's a real good example of digital transformation, something that uh, Kevin, your best buddy, Digi, our digital services robot mascot, will certainly appreciate. (laughs) No doubt. You just had to bring up Digi again, didn't you, Craig? He's always got to sneak his way into the podcast for sure. David, will all of this transformation uh, be noticeable in your brick-and-mortar stores around North America? Yeah, it will. We're building an omni-channel for the SMB and mid-market and, you know, a lot of the consumers that come in and, and, and get Office Depot services through all the different ways. Indirect is just another one of those. Um, but what we have to do, and this is more from a vision and future perspective, what we have to do is we have to be able to tie in those brick-and-mortar stores into this ecosystem. And we've got a couple great ideas in the way we're going to do it. And I think that with the with the systems and all of the processes and all of the things that we're updating and spend, spending, frankly, millions of dollars of doing, uh, I think we will have a at one point, uh, an experience where 
an SMB, mid-sized company, or any of those representatives who are working with these agencies, consultants, these partners, they'll be able to go in and have a cohesive experience, but everything is still tied together, right? Um, when we look at our managed IT services that we're going to market with, you know, as we, uh, as what our VPS sales likes to say, the fingertips to the internet. When you go in there and you, we're managing your desktop and we're managing your environment, if your PC dies or your laptop, you may not want to wait for a dispatch, even though we can dispatch quickly. You may want to just go down to the store that's two miles down from you. You know, we're within 95% of the SMB within about a five-mile radius or something like that. I mean, I mean, we got deep penetration. So it might be quicker to leverage those stores. It might be nice if we talk about our Los Gatos location that we're opening up here in May, um, actually this month. You know, we're going to do some co-working space. It'd be great for a partner to come in with, with their client and sit there and, and, and have meetings there or work out of there and get access to the supplies, but get access to the business consultants, right? And talk about some of the things we can do from an IT perspective or from a, a back office perspective. Um, so brick and mortar is very much part of the strategy. And it's not a dying thing. If it was a dying thing, we wouldn't see Amazon opening up bookstores in New York City, right? So there's a definite relevance. And the, one of the things I like to say is that we have the reach. With the technicians and with the stores, we can get just about any. What the partners in this community bring are the relationships. And when we tie those things in, we're going to be highly disruptive. And what I'm encouraged by is a lot of the feedback that I've had from some of the agents I've already been talking to. We're getting a lot of well wishes. A lot of them, one of them particularly, was like, we need you to be successful because we want other companies like yours to use this channel right? And make it and make it grow even quicker and to be more engaging and to see the value that they have. So um, yes, that's the short answer. <laughs> well, you mentioned relationships and, you know, connecting these relationships with the with the right services that these end user businesses need is what the channel is all about. So it was great to hear you say that. And the fact that you can provide now IT services at a high level for all these different SMBs and mid-markets. And then in addition, help them with their business models as well is something that really will make these partners trusted advisors. And that's something that we've been speaking to at Channel Partners for the last five or six years. So so thank you for bringing that message to light, David. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And if I could dig in on it just for a moment, Kevin, because I, I think that the one thing that any advisor in a business needs to understand is that convergence that's been going on in technology and has been going on in distribution is happening at the relationship level. The business doesn't look at, I have an IT guy, a phone guy, a print guy. He's looking for the one person that can really guide them to the right solution or provide it, but really is more consultative that way. And so anybody who can provide the resources or at least guide them to all of the things within their business that's the one that's going to have more relevance and have the deeper relationship. Because we always talk about people, you, I don't want you to steal my relationship. I own the relationship. Nobody owns the relationship, right? You earn it. And this is another way, I think, with our solution that will help these partners actually maintain that, uh, maintain that engagement. The deeper, wider approach, we hear that often. But I, I envision a day when a partner is in there and he is talking about connectivity and he is talking about, you know, the cloud, but is also now looking at the desktop and saying we can manage that. And I envision a day when they're looking and they see that notepad on the desk and goes, you shouldn't get that from them. You should get it from Office Depot and here's a loyalty card and get a discount on it, right? Um, I envision a time when they're getting their, their hardware and print. Every, every business needs science, right? I envision a day when they have signage that they can actually guide them to. Um, workspace design. I didn't know this. We sell more office chairs than anybody in the country. I mean, I just see where we can, again, tying into the ecosystem or the three legs of a stool, right? Supplies or, or what we call our core IT and back office. 
And, and David, let's not forget the PCAS, the, the paperclips as a service that you mentioned earlier. Paperclips as a service, right. <laughs> exactly. It's not a shock how many people came to the booth and say, can I get my supplies from you? <laughs> right, so. Well, David, you know, before we let you go, if you could just let the partners listening know um, how they can get in touch with you and or the channel team uh, to learn more about Office Depot and this new program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we have a general email distribution. It's probably the easiest way to make sure we get a quick response. Um, and that's our channel program at officedepot.com. And anybody can also feel free to reach out to me directly, david.beagle, beagle like the dog, at officedepot.com as well. David, great talking to you today. Thanks so much for your time and good luck the rest of the year at Office Depot. I appreciate it. Thanks again, uh, Craig and Kevin, and I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Wow, Kevin, some really great stuff there from David and Office Depot. You know, having a Fortune 500 brick-and-mortar retailer launch their entirely new SMB mid-market IT services channel program at our show, I think it really took the event up a notch. Totally agree, Craig. You know, since you had worked closely with them and their involvement at the show, it then begs the question, when are you going to transform and finally take yourself up a notch? Ooh, ouch, Craig. That one hurt. Um, I guess <laughs> practicing what I preach to all these folks uh, it was never a strong suit for me. Um, my lack of improvement is a bit stunning, though, now that you bring it up. Um, it's based on where I am now. I clearly have nowhere to go but up, and I just can't seem to climb that first step. But I'll get there someday, buddy. I really appreciate you bringing this up in front of our millions of listeners here. Ah, oh, come on, man. Did the week in Vegas make you a little too sensitive? We love this back-and-forth banter. Where's your pithy retort? Well, Craig, you know, I just thought that while I may not have improved recently, I've at least matured a little over these past few weeks, and I was going to let go of the speaking of strong suits, why do you always seem to be wearing the same one in each of your videos? Or the, gee, Craig, now I understand why I don't see you at some of these later networking receptions. The DDM syndrome has got you down, as in dork dance moves. Gosh! I was going to bring both of those up, but, you know, I decided against it. Well, I'm glad that you did decide against it. Until you didn't, anyway. My whole life, I don't get no respect. No respect from anyone. You know, it's funny you bring up uh, showing up in the same clothes. Of course, people probably realize we shoot all of that stuff in advance. I have thought about bringing multiple changes of clothes since we shoot those the same day, but then I thought... I already dress better than Kevin. I don't really want to show him up that much more, do I? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you bring that up, Craig, because, you know, I'm pretty much same suit Morris um, at these things. If you if you take a look at all the different photos from different days, I just uh, I change out the uh, the shirt and the tie occasionally. Um, so, yeah, occasionally? guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, guilty as charged on that one, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, you know, Craig, while we rip each other all the time, that's that's another clear podcast co-host bro code here on Coffee with Craig and Kevin. We know we're going to be friends forever. All right. So what do you say we pretend we're still friends and take this podcast up another notch by welcoming in another transformational company? All right, Craig. Well, without further ado, please allow me to welcome in Michael Bertamini. He's the CEO with Energywear, who had a large presence at our show. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you so much for joining, Michael. Uh, to kick things off here, uh, could you tell our audience a little bit about your background and what led you to your current role as CEO of Energywear? Sure. was in the technology space with a company called iCore Networks. Uh, we were successfully acquired by Vonage, and we really primarily focused on uh, hosted telephony infrastructure as a service at Virtual Desktop. Really good company, really good people. Post-acquisition, I left Vonage, and I invested in the LED space. 
in a company called Energyware. And we've been really hammering at that ever since. So we've had a good successful track record with channel partners thus far, and that's how I became CEO of Energyware. Well, and Michael, it was great to see Energyware with a big presence at the show. I know a lot of people wanted to come by and see that white Porsche you guys had in the expo hall, so that was cool. Yeah, it was neat that Porsche was willing to deliver one uh, as a mock-up that we because we couldn't afford it, of course. Uh, so it was nice of them to bring a mock-up. No, I'm kidding. We're very excited about <laughs> giving several Porsches away this year. We think that it's a real commitment to the channel. The booth was a real commitment to the channel. And it's really, we are 100% focused on partners. That's how we sell, 100% through the channel. And we think that the channel partners, the relationships that can be built there, and our commitment, uh, particularly through buying several $150,000 cars for our, our top partners, demonstrates that commitment. Well, and that leads me to my obvious first question is, how'd you get the keys to my garage? (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to know. I got a dark path. Don't worry about it. I still got the red and the blue one in there, so so that's all right. <laughs> there you go. That's what you think, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I should go down there and check it out. But seriously, Michael, why don't you provide an overview of some of the end-user uh, business benefits of uh, Energywear's LED lighting solutions? So basically, there's four food groups in lighting. I know it sounds a little complicated and crazy. It should be just swapping out light bulbs, right? So you've got lighting architects. You've got energy consultants. You've got manufacturers, and you have electricians, and they all do something different. Coming from the telecom world, one of the things that I hated was I hated having one person do the LMP, one person with the local loop, another do a hosted VoIP, the soft switch, another person would do the handset. Those are just things that you end up with multiple finger pointing. So what we elected to do is invest in a business where we could do all things under one umbrella. So we have our own electricians, we have our own energy consultants, we only use best-in-breed manufacturing, and we have our own lighting architects. And the value proposition is when you go into a client, everyone has lights. The goal is to attack the electricity bill like you used to attack the telecom bill. And lighting, in most cases, is the largest expense or the largest exposure on the overall electricity spend. So I go into a client whether it's gyms or manufacturing or school systems, marinas, storage facilities, apartment complexes, you name it, we probably have done it. And we reduce the expense on the electricity bill on average 30% off that bill. So if I'm a customer and I have a $10,000 bill, I just reduce my expense to $7,000 a month. And if I've got five locations at $10,000 a month, the math quickly adds up. The products last 12 to 15 years. The audits are ultra conservative on the math for the ROI, the return on investment. And the lighting architect provides an aesthetic benefit. So in other words, I reduce my bill 30%. I walk outside at 8 o'clock at night. I've now improved the safety of my lighting. Think about a gas station. There's two gas stations, one on the left, one on the right. One's well lit. One's not well lit. Well, which one are you going to stop at? Even if it's 4 or 5 cents more per gallon. Well, you pay a little bit more for the safety of having that light. Same concept here for their employees. Having well-lit facilities creates a level of safety, and then ultimately we're looking for aesthetic. We want to help you not only reduce your expense, but make the property look nicer. So those things have led to a very successful customer experience. Because we're 100% through the partner, we give full transparency and we pay great commission. So it's a win for the partner, it's a win for the customer, it's a win for our employees. 
Wow, Michael, I got to tell you, I want to go back to, uh, and Craig always laughs at me when I say this, to my partner days. And, and if you recall, I think during our first conversation, I had sold some i back when I was uh, a Nextel B2B partner in uh, Northern Virginia. I think you remembered uh, some man. of our owners. That's right. You're the That's man. Right. <laughs> I'm definitely overrated, but I'll take the compliment. There's no doubt about that. Um, well, some may call you the king. And we are glad that you were out there selling our products and services. We really do appreciate that. Did you hear that, Craig? You know, it's about time that I got some respect on this podcast. It never comes from you, Craig. That's all right. I can remove it in post. (laughs) 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 Going back to uh, my partner days, Michael, you know, I can certainly relate to the need to be a client's trusted advisor in more than just one facet of their business, such as telecom in order to ensure, you know, growth with that client and retention. If I'm a partner in the communications IT space, how easy is it for me to get my current clients interested in a solution like EnergyWares? And, and, you know, what kind of questions should I be asking? Well, they're already interested. There's all kinds of studies out there that prove that LED lighting is something that your client's going to do. Whether you get compensated for it or not is up to you. The simple question or the easiest question is, have you ever had a professional LED assessment before? Some companies have had LED assessments, but they've never been a professional assessment. And they are they are unique and they are different. And I don't want to get too much into the detail around that today. But that simple question opens up the door. In technology, most times the partner is left doing a lot of the guidance and a lot of the support in terms of the sales side. On our side of the world, we've over-engineered our back office to provide that support for you. So the assessments, the initial calls, walking through the proposal. Uh, Some partners like to do that, of course, as we educate them. But 90% of the partners want us to do the heavy lifting. So it's not disruptive to their day-to-day operation. It provides an additional level of income for them, and it's a great solution for the client. So, Michael, let's uh, go a step further into the sales and implementation cycles. Maybe you can tell our listeners what they can expect from EnergyWare at that point. Yeah, sure. So we let's say you get a client that's interested. We go out and do the, a professional assessment, and they're, and they're looking for the three things we talked about, safety, aesthetics, reduction, and expense. And they do that through the on-site assessment. They'll take foot candle readings and measurements and do a variety of other things like before pictures. And then we put them inside of a software application where it will spit out a report and tell us exactly what we should do uh, from an upgrade perspective, the right products and services. Once the client agrees to move forward, it immediately gets turned to our operations department. Typically within 48 hours, the customer has a kickoff call. And during the kickoff call, we're covering the basics. Hey, we want to make sure we're, you're happy with light color. Where can we put the lifts? Where can we put the EPA disposal uh, fixtures? Where can we store those? Within a two-week period of that, typically we start the installation. When they're on site, electricians scan the information or scan the, uh, the fixtures out. And what that allows us to do is provide the partner a percentage to completion on the job real time and the same thing for the client. And then as we uh, complete the install, which typically takes two to three weeks, even on large installs, we typically have enough manpower to get them done in two to three weeks. At that, we have an asset manager who will make sure that the property is appropriately cleaned up and it's been clean along the way, that there's no additional materials left, that we've completed the job in full and we get customer sign-off. Customers typically pay us right away. Uh, Some get net 30-day terms, but typically right away. And then we issue payment traditionally within three to five business days of that. So from time of signature to time of compensation being in your pocket, it's typically six weeks. 
That's awesome, Michael. I, I have to say, and, and you know, speaking of awesome, uh, you know, you, you show some of these case studies on your website. So I was wondering, you know, in closing here, if you could just tell our partner audience how they can find you, how they can find Energywear on the web, and, and what's the best way to get in contact with your team if they want to move forward. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that too. So uh, the website is EnergywearLLC.com. If you want more information, go to Energywear Partners. Energywear Partners. That's W A R E energywearpartners.com. They can get a username and password and you can get marketing information. So it's a nice way to get all the tools that we have access to. You can feel free to call our main number at any time. And uh, if you need to get a hold of me, I'm happy to get you in touch with the right folks. My cell phone is 703-498-3620. And I'll get you hooked up with the right people internally at the company. Michael, I got to say, you're dropping the cell phone on this podcast. You do realize we have millions of listeners, right? <laughs> well, you know, fortunately for me, man, I multitask really well. So I'm ready. Bring it on, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Michael, thanks so much again for joining us today. Uh, it was great to see Energy Wear with such a huge presence on the show floor this year, and, and we hope to see you back at the show again soon. Yeah, well, we're committed, and we really appreciate you guys hosting us, your hospitality, and the first-class service that you guys provided. Well, thanks so much, Michael. Really appreciate the support and, you know, offering a transformative, in keeping with our theme here, Craig. Autobots, roll out. Opportunity for, for all the partners within the channel. You guys have a wonderful day, okay? All right, you too. Thanks, you too. Thank you, now. Once again, Craig, Michael, David, and all our guests have outshined us and provide some exceptional information and game-changing opportunities for the channel. So true, my friend. Nothing's new there. Speaking of game-changing, uh, the Channel Partners Conference and Expo had some additional co-located events and co-sponsors that really provided some great networking, educational, and charitable platforms to the event. The first, of course, was the Alliance for Channel Women, uh, where the message was to empower women everywhere to stand up be bold, and take action. Craig, that event is always rocking at Channel Partners, and what a great message for women and for all of us, quite frankly. We also had our first ever No Mo FOMO Millennial Meetup networking reception hosted by the newly developed Channel Next contingent led by Aaron Leviston from Ring Central and our own resident millennial, James Anderson. I already know I'm too old for that group because I had no idea what you were talking about with FOMO SONO. What, what was that? That's uh, no mo FOMO. And Craig, oh, I'm that, also, that clears yeah. it up a lot, yeah. I know I'm too old because, one, I wasn't invited to the millennial meetup, and, and, two, I had to ask what that meant, and that's no more fear of missing out um, as a millennial in the channel. So, nice. you know, the reason why they say that is, as Forrester tells us, uh, the channel is in danger of aging out. So this was an excellent platform for the talented future of the channel, the network, Share thoughts and ideas on how they plan to shape and promote the channel moving forward. Last but certainly not least, Kevin, you mentioned them earlier, but we were fortunate to again play host to the Train Our Troops organization, which in collaboration with a few of our exhibitor sponsors flew in more than 20 veterans from our military to network, learn, and really enjoy all the goings-on in Vegas. Train Our Troops is really an amazing nonprofit. They're dedicated to providing education, a new skill sets, and career assessments for veterans to ensure they're empowered to search, find, and really land the career paths of their choosing upon their return from active duty. Craig, without a doubt, just a great organization. We're honored and fortunate to be partnering with the group from Train Our Troops and, and play host to those amazing veterans, a few of whom we got to meet um, on site in Las Vegas. That said, this event really did have something for everyone. 
Certainly did, Kevin, and we can't wait already for Philadelphia. I can't believe we're just five months away. I know everyone's excited to hear that, but uh, it's coming up soon. You know, we're on to the next one, as as some of the, the millennials might say. And we want to remind you that you can find the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin podcasts. Go to iTunes, search Channel Partners Online. You can also find us on SoundCloud and our Twitter page, Give him the handle, Kevin. It's at DigiRobot. And since no one wants to ever think about spelling Digi because the bot's trying to take my spot, I'll do it for you. It's at D-I-G-I-R-O-B-O-T. You never give Digi any respect, just like Rodney. Well, you know, he says the same thing every time. I mean, listen to the way he talks. I mean, you could translate that to mean anything. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Great to see you at the show uh, here a couple weeks ago, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks again, everybody.